What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Words of Wade podcast, episode 127. I feel like we haven't said it in a long time. Uh, I, of course, am your host, Wade Blogs, a.k.a. Mr. Quid Pro Quo, a.k.a. The... Wade Blogs. Uh, Ari isn't here today. Scan isn't here today. <laughs> so it's just the fellas. It's me and G. G straight from the jungles of, of Wakanda. The 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 shore of Zumunda. Um uh what else we say? I don't know, that's it. Uh, G's here. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh yeah, like I said, Ari's not here. Scan's not here. So just B and G. We'll give y'all a quick show. Y'all have been here before when it's just me and G. We kind of get off our, our little tangents. We try to keep it clear and concise for y'all. Um, I guess I, I share it with my news with the Uncanation at the end of the show, huh? Yeah, I go with that at the end of the show. I did tell y'all last week I had, well, last episode I had some news that I didn't want to tell anybody until it was confirmed. So it has been confirmed And if you follow me on social media You already know what I'm talking about But we'll get into that later So what we like to do every show Is do You've been here for a while Y'all know we, y'all know how, y'all know the vibes Y'all know what we like to do It's called The Rundown The Rundown The Rundown This we need a third person to do The Rundown We need to get a drop one day Anyway We <laughs> say that every single time <laughs> Every time, every time, we've said it three years running. <laughs> we've said it three years running. Just, just go ahead and shut that joint up from previous episodes. You know, somehow, somehow. Well, it finally got cat came out, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about it. We talked about it ad nauseum, and Kanye has finally released his um, what is this? His ninth album. Um, Jesus is yep. King. Uh, <laughs> well, let's get right into it. G, you heard the album. How do you feel about it? That's your trash. You know what? To me, it sounds like you ever know if you ever have a friend or even know somebody that's like a hoe, and then they get religious all of a sudden, and like <laughs> and like everything they do is about religion. You know, like I woke up in the morning, thank Jesus. Oh man, I feel good, thank Jesus. Oh. Uh, my stomach don't feel bad no more. Jesus is good. Like it's it's that. It, it kind of feels like that. Like he just so happy he found Jesus. <laughs> this is this is the thing that stresses me out. First and foremost, last time everybody drank the Kool Aid, motherfuckers died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody is just so eager to drink this Kool-Aid all of a sudden. Second, I have mixed feelings about it because it's like, I Kanye had a certain level of spiritual awareness from the beginning. Yeah. So... Enthusiasm that he's quote unquote doing gospel music now, and 
some people seem stunned about it. It's just like I Jesus Walks is a better song than the entire fucking album. I agree one thousand percent. Now, ow, ow. go ahead. That go ahead. was way more. That was way more honest to me. The, the the vibe was more genuine. The the Jesus is King project is is trash. It, it sucks. To me, like I said, it, it feels like he's just. He's a new Christian, and and Uncut Nation. If you know any new Christians, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know the guy that just got saved Sunday morning, and and tells everybody about Jesus, and walks around quoting Bible verses and all that stuff. You know that guy. This is Kanye. Um, yeah, it's, it's like okay, you 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 new to the faith. Exactly. So you're trying to live every single word. Exactly. It's like you you trying to. It's hard to explain. It's it's a difference between <sighs> shit. I can't even think of the right way to phrase it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. It's just like <laughs> it's um he. It's like he's a brand new Christian. That's the only way. I only way I could think of it. You know, like I, I think his next album will probably be a better balance. But this album, he sounds like a brand new Christian. Now, it doesn't help that reportedly, rumoredly, rumoredly, is that a word? I don't know. Um, no Malice wrote, from what I'm hearing, 90% of the album. And I yeah. hope that's not true. And the reason why I'm hoping it's not true is not to like take anything away from Kanye I'm hoping it's not true because the last No Malice project I heard was dope yeah (laughs) I'm hoping he didn't write this because this shit is trash well you gotta remember if you remember the last No Malice project um what is it Let They Be Dead or Let The Dead Dead something like that Let Bury The Dead we had both of us I think had it in our top five albums of that year yeah because it was it was dope it was Well, yeah, that's the rumor that I'm hearing that he wrote most of this album. Oh my god! And then we can't mention no no malice without mentioning the song he has with with his brother Pusha T, the reunion of the clips. Um, that song with I don't know why Kenny G was up there. That that bothered me. Um, yeah, let the dead bury the dead. I feel, I feel like, yeah, I feel like if you're going to bring back the clips, a group that was, for all intents and purposes, um, a very influential group in, in Virginia hip hop, let's say that, um, you got to let them do more than just eight bars a piece. Like, was it eight? It was like eight bars a piece. And then Kenny G had a whole 16 bars. Why did Kenny G get 16 bars? structure of the tra- 
original structure of music. Let me say that. Let me say it that way. That they had to split a verse because it's two of them. Like, ultimately, right. if Push had his 16, No Malice had his 16, then that would have been the song. That would have been the whole feature. So it's just like, I right, well, y'all gonna, if y'all gonna be on the song, I, y'all gotta split 16. And truthfully, that don't even, that don't even fall on Yay. That falls on them. Because we have been talking about a minute ago, like, why can't they do a project together and just kind of like devils advocate each other, right. so to speak. So they could have, they could have been, you know, to a point where they was making music together. It just seemed, to me, it, it seemed kind of one-sided. It's just like, pushed and drop projects and No Malice wasn't nowhere on it. No Malice dropped projects, Push wasn't nowhere on it. But then Ye does a gospel record and both of y'all was on it. And y'all, and y'all natural element at that point. Right. Because when you hear it, you don't think about No Malice, the the Christian rapper. You just think about Malice. He even, right. is, Isn't he the one that he had a truck full of Barry Manilow's? I mean, that's not... You, you can still do that type of material on a regular album. I don't see why you can't... Like, I never got the whole, quote-unquote, breakup of the clips. You can still do that material without cussing. Nah, I, I, that's his point. You know what I'm saying? See, I, w- I would think that, but the, the fact that they're actual brothers, it does change that. Like, with Outkast, you kind of think, okay, something must have happened between Big Boy and Dre. They're still cool. They just want to do music together. These dudes are brothers. Like, like Malice officiated um, Push's wedding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, most of your close, most of your first fights are going to be with your siblings. Huh? True indeed, true. Um, he uh, had a, I'm, okay with, I'm okay with never hearing it again. Now, I actually I haven't heard the project in about a week because, you know, last show, I listened to the project on my way to the studio. I listened to it like three times, um, like back to back, and I was like, okay, you got a couple. Yeah, like maybe out of, what was it, ten, is it 10 tracks? Um, yeah, about that. I said maybe two and a half, I like. That's horrible. <laughs> that is horrible. That's, that's that's the consensus. Like as far as feedback that I've heard from people that I respect their opinion with music, it's like even 
even if they like it out of what was offered, they're only about two or three tracks that they like. And I'll be honest, I have to take that with a grain of salt because it's one of those situations where out of what's offered, you're going to find something to enjoy. Now, if you throw, that's just out of what's offered. So it's like a double-edged sword, like you picking the, uh, damn, I lost my train of thought. You picking like the, the lesser of two evils, so to speak. It's just like, I, well, this is pretty good. Yeah. It's not the best. It's like, Exactly. It's like you have to pick something, so I'll pick this one and this one. Yeah, exactly. Not not a whole shit trash man. Yeah, I I, I I definitely agree with that. Um the song closed on Sunday. I know I can hear when when whoever wrote that song that he thought it was gonna be a hit, it thought it was gonna be bigger than what it is. Cause the whole Chick fil A line. But that was trash. <laughs> That was trash. Like, um, what is it? Close on Sunday. You and my Chick Fil A. That that that's not good. <laughs> like, there's a reason that bar has never been in rap before. That's is not good. Man, it's oh my god. It feels. It sounds rushed. Um. Of course, of course, he had to capitalize on. The height and expectation that ultimately came flooding out of the gates when Kanye said, oh, I'm going to drop a gospel album. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, I think, now, once again, that's the rumor is No Malice wrote 90% of the album. If that's the case, he need to go back to whoever wrote Jesus Walks. Um, with either Shahi or Consequence or whoever, um, Ryan Fest or whoever, because um, apparently No Malice can only write for himself. <laughs> because uh, yeah, that wasn't it, dog. And and, and Malice, you're my guy. <laughs> Be clear, you're my guy. <laughs> but um, that wasn't it. And even with all that being said, and it's funny, out of all the music people I know, whether they be fans of the music, fans of Kanye, um, you know, in music insiders and everything, I haven't heard a positive review of this album. I've heard people be very delicate with their opinion about it, like, oh, it's not for me, or this one song is great and don't talk about the rest of the album. I haven't heard anybody say this is a great album. And I know a lot of people, <laughs> and no one has said this is a great album. But even with that being said, the album still debuted number one on Billboard. But I think that's more of a spectacle than anything. Agreed. People rush to the album to see how it sounds, and then you've heard it. I think the, the second week sales drop-off is going to be tremendous. Like, there's no replay value in this album. The drop-off is going to be... This is true. 
the drop off is gonna be crazy. I, I doubt if he clear a hundred thousand in the second week. So that's that's more than a fifty percent drop off. That's insane. The album is just not good, yeah. It is is really not. Um I tried, like I said, I listened to it three, like three, four times back to back to try to find some jewel, try to find something that maybe I wasn't hearing right. Um, or maybe because it's Christian, I'm not into it. You know what I'm saying? I try to give him any benefit of the doubt. But nah, it's just trash. <laughs> no, like, like I, I can honestly say it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, it's trash. <laughs> And just to clear it up for anybody who's just like, oh, well, y'all just listen to, you know, secular hip-hop, as, as the Christian community calls it. Right. No. I don't. For all, for any Uncut Nation or anybody that's listening to the podcast who wants to try to approach it from that angle... I found out a lot of people who listen to Christian rap don't know about, like, in my opinion, the best Christian rapper that does it. It's a guy named The Truth. Mm. Phenomenal Christian rapper. I literally consider him the Jay-Z of gospel rap. Okay. He goes off. My favorite project from him is called Welcome to the Faith. His homeboy that's in, 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 on the label with him, dude named Flames, gets busy too. Okay. So, I listen to gospel rap. It's just bad. Kanye's joint is trash. <laughs> it's just bad. It just is what it is. Stop hyping that shit the fuck up. And I mean... I guess I can see the the Christian masses trying to hype it up because they want to get their man. The Christianity is, you know what? Let's not get into a religious conversation because I'm about to go off on a tangent. Um, Look, man, I'm trying to tell you, a lot of people is drinking the Kool Aid. One thousand percent. And it's not gonna end up well. It's just not. I think. Um, and I'll leave it at that. I just think I think maybe his next album Will be better than this Because he's used to the process Like I think he experimented with a lot And he missed his mark And you As an artist You have the right to experiment But I think he just missed his mark It just This, is, this wasn't it He's going to make a lot of money off of it He's going to go on tour Sunday service And, and do all these wonderful things That he's going to do But It's going to be looked at as trash Man, the the apparel that's been coming out. Mm. Oh my God! Well, hold on. Before we get to the apparel, here's a, here's an interesting conversation I ran across, and I, I want your opinion on G because you you know we mostly we we mostly view the things the same way. When are we gonna? When the conversation will be had that Kanye is falling off? When are we fell off? Yeah. When are we gonna have that conversation? Because think about his career. This is his ninth album, right? Mm-hmm. He's had four good albums in a row. 
The last five have been trash. <laughs> Basuda. No, nobody's. Alright. Literally, as, as you can see, Kanye has a cult yes. following. Yes. All of the numbers and all of that that are coming out for people to support the fact that his ninth album has broken records and they showing his numbers from every single album that he dropped and he pretty much debuts at number one consistently. Here's my issue with that shit. And it's been the position that I've had since this conversation has always happened. Just because a motherfucker buy your album does not mean the album is good. Right. It just means they fucking bought the album. Right. That's it. That's why I really hated when Jay was like, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Yes, they fucking do. Because just because you have the numbers that your project sold does not compare... Well, excuse me, does not reflect the number of people who actually like the shit. It just means they fucking bought it. They spent money, and they bought it, or they streamed it, they downloaded it, whatever the fuck they did. That's all the numbers show. That people were curious enough, or supported you enough, that they decided to go ahead and listen to the fucking project. And I'm pissed that that is the accolade that you get. Well, he fell off a long fucking time ago for me. Like, I'm, I'm actually looking at the discography, right? College Dropout 1. Late Registration. Classic. Late Registration. Classic. Graduation. Classic. 80 Ways of Heartbreak. The crazy thing was, here's where a lot of people want to disagree with me. Okay. Really? Yeah. Graduation, I had it. I listened to it here and there, but it wasn't. It was, to, at that point, it got to where it was just songs for me. It wasn't, I didn't, I didn't really like it as a whole album. Okay. That's just me. But it had songs on it that I enjoyed. Now, here's something. Shit, like, I'm. Now check this out though. Okay, so college dropout, late registration, graduation, eight ways and heartbreak, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Right? Those are five albums in a row that are arguable classics, right? Then you get Yeezus, Life of Pablo, Yay, and Jesus is King. Something else I just noticed while looking at the track list. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy which is arguably his last quote-unquote good album, is also the last album he released on Rockefeller Records. (laughs) 
Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> and, de- and depending on who you talk to, 808s and heartbreaks was. Yeah, that's true. Lackluster. That, that's that's I'm true. I'm not going to say it's trash, but that was him experimenting and him being in a different place, you know, after his mom passed. Right. That that's that's so, very true. I have heard that argument with a lot of people with eight oh eight and heartbreak. Some people really love it, some people hate it. Yeah, it's it's really it's really either or it's not too much gray area around that brother. Either you love it or you fucking hate it. So out of a nine album catalog. Picasso is fucking life life of excuse me, not Picasso, life of Pablo. Mm. Oh my god. That's trash. Awful. Yeah, and, and honestly, I still haven't heard Ye yet, the album before this one. Ye was better than Life of Pablo. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just Life, of, Life of Pablo is, in my <laughs> opinion, the bottom of the barrel. Is Life of Pablo is the worst project he's ever put out. Damn it, Jesus. So, but here's my thing. If if let's let's put this in another sports analogy, right? If I was a basketball player, right, and my first five seasons, I'm killing it, right? Going to the All Star game, doing great things, and all that. But my last four seasons, I've been trash. <laughs> when did you, people start saying, "Yo, he's washed up. Get him out the league. He's done." Damn. <laughs> with with the analogy that you that you've given, let's double back to the point that you made about the last project that was dropped on Rockefeller versus what he's been doing, mm-hmm. and when the albums became quote unquote became trash. Attribute that back to the analogy. Is I the players good? He just ain't got nobody on the team with him. Or he was on a good team, left to another team, and now he's trash. <laughs> so then, that, exactly, that gives you, was like, I, so... Was it you? Are they really the superstar? Exactly. That everybody's made them out to be, or was it because they had a solid team? Exactly. And that's the question we need to start asking. Was it Kanye or was it Kanye's team? Because think about look look at the the discography. Every album he's released off Rockefeller has been trash. Now say what you want about Rockefeller. I can't remember a bad Rockefeller album. <laughs> Maybe what Diamonds in the Rough. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like Rel. You know what I mean? Like they put out good music. People's in people's catalog, <laughs> in people's discography, Rockefeller, their Rockefeller album is their best album. Look at Freeway, look at Cameron, look at Beanie Siegel, Memphis Bleak, shit, the Young Guns. At what point do people start looking like, yo, Kanye's not a genius. He was a Rockefeller. <laughs> Everybody ate at Rockefeller. Everybody eats me. <laughs> Okay. Everybody that was put in the in the spotlight ate. If you 
during that time of when Rockefeller was at his peak during the dynasty run and all of that, mm-hmm. if you literally went to the website and checked the the artists that were signed to Rockefeller, it was a slew of artists that nobody knew about, didn't know was signed to Rockefeller. Like they had rock and roll bands and all of that shit that never saw the light of day. Well, I mean, you, you can't for for every a meal you have a bleak. You know what I'm saying? Not every artist. I don't know if that's a good comparison. Right, 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 right. <laughs> good point. Touche, touche, touche. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's proving your point. <laughs> well, look, you had, you had. Let's see, you had Young Guns. You had State Property. Uh, shit. I mean, you look at the Rockefeller catalog. I think when 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 the end was coming. And he started letting all these other people on the label. That's when shit started being fucked up. Now I do remember. I mean, they, was on, they was on there for a minute though. Like some of them was on there for a minute. I think what it was when the 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 flagship artists that we all know when they were at their pinnacle and full steam ahead. It's just like. Alright, well they winning right now. Why I'm gonna switch? It's like playing roulette shit of if I got everything on black and black keep hitting, why the fuck I'm gonna switch to red? Right. Let it ride. Right, you're right. Let yeah. So I think they had a winning formula and I think any artist that was on the label was gonna make good music. I think if you put me on Rockefeller Records, I'll make a good album. I just think that's how it was. And they made sure every artist, I mean, every release, not just the artists, the releases they put out was a decent release. I mean, yeah, Bleak had his whatever, but he had decent songs. I mean, you had a young Everybody gun. Everybody always shit on Bleak. I fuck with Bleak. Bleak is my guy. Bleak is my guy, but that's that's the person that everybody points to. Everybody's like, what about Bleak? Bleak had good songs, B. Don't shit on Bleak like that. Bleak has some hits. Bleak had, Bleak had good projects. Like bleak ass and smash. I listened to the understanding before before Jesus is king. That's a fact. Bleak ass and smashes. Don't don't. I'm about to say coming to age, all of that shit. Like shit. The well, what was it? bleak? Was what? Um, coming to age, the understanding was that five three seven. What was that shit called? You know the dream talking about. Five three four. Five three four. Yeah, I listen. I listen to all that shit for Jesus is king. The joint, the joint with Round Hill. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. give Bleak credit for going down south to get niggas first. He had tip and fucking trick on the song when New York rap was at, at the top of his game. But he went and got two niggas from the south. And that shit, bang. Yeah, and I'm looking at Bleak track, Bleak discography right now. Yeah, yeah, um, nah, that Round Hill was on Made. Oh, man, yeah, my bad. He had, every, he had Everything's a Go. You remember that joint? Everything's a Go. Bleak has some hits. Yeah. Bleak has some hits. Y'all gonna stop fucking that's with my nigga Bleak. That's why I don't understand why people always try to shit on Bleak. Like, oh, that nigga was terrible. No, he fucking wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the, ca- I'm looking at the, the catalog, Bleak's catalog right here. Bleak has some hits. Stop shitting yeah. on Bleak. But do my ladies run it fat asses and flat stomachs? Yeah. Right. 
Bleak has some he hits. Always had a, he always had a joint for the club. Bleak kept a banger. Shit, dear, someone was on Bleak album. <laughs> yeah, that Jay Jay would would do that shit. He did that shit with Seagull too. Yeah, he did. Um, was it anything on Seagull joint? So I think to wrap this whole Kanye conversation up, I think people need to start recognizing that Kanye's not a genius. He was just on Rockefeller. I never considered. I never considered him a genius. I think people. I hear a lot of people using that term when they talk to Kanye. Kanye's a genius. Kanye's this. Kanye's that. No, he's not. No, the fuck, he's not. He hasn't done shit on his I never own. Consider him a genius. He hasn't done shit him. on his own. So let's continue on here um, on the rundown. The rundown. Uh, earlier this week or late last week, um, Cardi made a statement. I wish I had a statement. I don't have it anymore. Shit happens. Uh, where she says she paved the way for female MCs. She went on to elaborate that she didn't just pave the way. She wasn't, she wasn't saying she was like the, the first female MC to do what she's doing. But she said she paved the way for women to get paid the way she's getting paid. Um, a lot of people have taken um, issue with that. And I can't take an issue with that. I don't see the flaw in her. I mean, she shouldn't have said it. But I don't see the argument in what she's saying. Phrased it better, and I think after she got the backlash, she realized the the way she phrased it wasn't didn't convey her point the way she meant it. But to I say it this way, and y'all can crucify me in the comments if y'all want to. Cardi started. Well, not started. Let me take that back. She brought back, in my opinion, the unity of female MCs. It, it got, and by that I mean, I don't, every chick that rants is not, I don't have to hate them. That's not my competition. Right. It's not just one female that can be at the top of the game. Like, all of us can rock. Like, I'm, I have the feeling of female MCs that I had back when Kim did Ladies Night. Or like when Queen was rocking and, and Light was rocking and it wasn't like, I will it can only be one of us. Like, no, you, you got your land, I got mine. We, I respect yours, you respect mine. I think her point was when Nikki had her run, it was just no, no other female MCs can do anything. Right. Well, that's because the issue shit, is, is we, we've heard we've heard from Remy mm-hmm. in the background, like the way Nikki rocked was she didn't want any other female MCs to get 
or awards being considered to them or anything like that. It was just complete shutout. And I think what Cardi's point was, she didn't carry it that way. Like she helped bring back the arrow or the or the, the space where female MCs can coexist and it's it's not a bunch of hate or a bunch of petty shit going on. Right, I agree with that. <laughs> not saying that that's a hundred percent what Nikki was on, because you know I I only know that the the she say she say shit. Right. think um just to, to piggyback on what you're saying cardi brought the i don't want to say unity because that's it's almost too strong of a word but she brought like the the level playing field where like you said you know you can get money she can get money and it's fine it's not like oh i, I have to be number one it's all about me and yeah she ain't trying to stop nobody bad and yeah every report we're hearing about nikki behind the scenes that's kind of what nikki does that's that's her move <laughs> Like, you know, if she's going to be here, I'm not going to be here. And you, you force somebody to, to make a decision. And that that, that plays people money. Um, and, exactly. I, and I've said on this podcast before, I think that's, for, for me, that's where the turn happened with Nikki. Like, when, and Remy has had interviews about this, and she's talked about this ad nauseum. Like, the stuff that, that Nikki was doing to Remy, you know, you hear things, and you're like, okay, yeah, I heard that. But then when other people start saying the same thing, you gotta start paying attention to it. And when when I started seeing and hearing that the stuff Remy was saying was happening to other artists that dealt with Nikki, I was like, yeah, Nikki's just not a nice person. And I think that's where she always says it's like a, a hate we hate Nicki Minaj fan club. It's not. It's just that from everything we see, and then her her exploits on her own radio show, she's just not a nice person. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just that it. Like, Cardi's a likable person. She, she, she's relatable to people. People like Cardi. It's she's a relatable personality. You know, and a lot of people... And I've, I've, I've talked about Cardi with shit. So I'm not going to act like I'm team Cardi all day either. But we've seen her come from the bottom, you know, loving hip-hop to where she is now. And people are invested in her character. We saw that with Nikki, but then Nikki turned around and started shitting on people. Yep. It's just life, man. It's just it's how it is in the real life. If you if if it wasn't celebrities, we just people. And you know somebody that you relate to and you're cool with, you're gonna be naturally gravitate more to that person than you would somebody who's always shitting on people and saying how they the shit and everybody should respect them. It's just life. Just like how there was on Jermaine Dupri's um, show, what is it, Rap Game, they asked the female MCs who did they, you know, who was their influence. No one mentioned Nicki. <laughs> like, yeah, like, the crazy thing is when the, the lady asked the question, and she even put it in there, she was like, if y'all say Nicki Minaj, then I got a follow-up question for that. Right. 
And I, that was unfair. <laughs> but Yeah, and like Jermaine <laughs> called Shorty out. Was like, yo, like one of the particular girls, you know, didn't mention Nikki, but he brought it to light like you said, you said that's your favorite artist. But because in that situation you know it wasn't gonna be accepted, you didn't mention her. I mean don't get don't get it twisted. Like I don't have anything personal against Nikki. I don't know her. Right. I just know the persona she puts off. And I'm not in agreement with it. Yeah, the, the, I, I often say the character that she portrays is not someone I want to root for. Now, she could be a whole different person behind the scenes. She could be this nice, sweet person. But it's, it's like wrestling. You know what I'm saying? When they get in front of the mic, there's somebody else. Right. And it's the same thing with Nikki. When she gets in front of the mic, that character she portrays, I'm not cool with that person. So I can't root for that person. Well, let's continue on with the rundown. And this was something I wanted to talk about. And it's kind of, I'm not going to say it's kind of shut down, but it's kind of developed into something else. Um, earlier in the week, uh, Charlemagne did an interview with Gucci Mane. Where during the interview with Gucci Mane, um, Gucci went over his issues with Angela Yee and Envy. Um, in the interview, he said some stuff about Yee. Because if you're if Uncanation, if you don't remember back in, I don't know, we'll just make up a day, 2006. I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> apparently, Gucci was on the Breakfast Club at one point, and he says Yee tried to get him. Like, you know, tried to try to come up to his hotel room and get at him, but he, like, he curved her. And ever since then, he's been, like, banned from the Breakfast Club. And um, during Charlemagne's interview with, um, with Gucci, he he talked he shits on Angela Yee and Envy during the interview. A lot of people go ahead. Well, a lot of people I've I've, I've taken two sides to this conversation. Um, some people are saying, "Hey, if Charlemagne knows that Gucci has an issue with Yee and Envy, he shouldn't did the interview in the first place." That's what be people who work with them. That's what be friends. Blah blah. Some people are saying, "Hey, it's just the interview. It doesn't. It, they, they can work together. They don't gotta be friends. So it's just the interview. So, Uncle Nation, I'm asking you, and G, I'm asking you, what what do you think about that? I think if he was gonna do the interview as he did. Even if he didn't talk to Yee before it, and he did it, I think during the interview, when Gucci got to a point where he was just like blatantly disrespecting her and uh, Envy, mm-hmm. he should have said something. I agree with that. I, I take it even like, further. I, I, so much I'm not so much looking at it as like oh that was foul you shouldn't have did the interview like at the end of the day it was an interview that needed to happen and 
he wasn't going to participate in it if he wasn't there. Right. Uh, but let's not act like we haven't been watching The Breakfast Club for years and listening to the show, and we know Charlamagne's going to do what the fuck he want to do. Yeah. But as far as his integrity goes, as far as principles and values, and what he tries to portray himself to be, as far as being honest, and, you know, I'm not going to say a stand-up guy, but, like, just, he is who he is, and he's, He's for the people, like he's he, he's for principles and values. Right. In that moment when Gucci was going off, he should have paused for a minute and been like, "Look, you know, you got issues with her. I understand that. We, you know, feel free to discuss them, but you don't have to be disrespectful about it." Right. I, I agree with you there. Or take it this far. Let's say you're not going to say anything to Gucci. That interview wasn't for Revolt or Breakfast Club. That was the interview on Charlemagne's own personal channel. He didn't have to post that interview. Right. Or he could have edited that part out. <laughs> I think the main... I think the main thing that people are tripping about along with that is... Like you said, it was on his platform. Right. And I think so So many people have gotten used to the Breakfast Club is their only platform. And it's not. He has her own podcast. Yeah. So if the if the situation was reversed and Gucci had an issue with Charlemagne and she decided to interview Charlemagne on her platform, I think so So many people are stuck on the fact that it's the Breakfast Club. Like, if they all have to always be in the same spot and doing something together, and that's not where they are. Well, no, here's the thing. Here's where I think, because in the, in the beginning of the Gucci Mane interview, he says he expected them to be there. So I think he was under the impression it was a Breakfast Club interview. But see, that's the crazy thing. Like, and that and that that part is funny to me because even when he said it, Charlemagne was like, "Why? Why would you expect him to be here? Like, I didn't know they were supposed to be here." Right. So that that goes kind of back to what I was saying that. Even with, even with it came across as with Gucci when he was doing the interview, it's like, oh y'all always roll together. If, if I'm interviewing with one of y'all, I expect the other two to be there. Right. And Charlamagne's like, why did you? I didn't know they were supposed to be here. Why did you think they were gonna be here? Like this is my platform. I think for so me, mine isn't so much uh, that he did the interview. It's just that he didn't. He didn't check that shit. Yeah, because that was that was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. 
Like Gucci is a um a husband, a father, and we got we got this side of Gucci who's like an upstanding citizen for him to revert to calling her out her name and all that. And look, I'm not gonna be the, the moral police. I've I've said it a thousand times, I'll probably say it a thousand more times. So don't act, don't let y'all think that I'm this guy that won't call women bitches and all that shit. Right, I'm not yeah, that I'm guy. Yeah, I'm about to say, I'm not going to portray myself to be a saint either. Right, right, I'm not that guy. Damn. But what I'm saying, to, to that effect, there was no point for that. It was unnecessary. You know what I mean? Like, like, what's the old joke? Um, What's the old line? Like, I call y'all bitches because I don't know y'all names individually. <laughs> right. Like, that. that's kind of the, the flair I'm with. For him to say, for Gucci to say that in such a disrespectful tone in front of Charlemagne, who's for everyone's intents and purposes, is her her friend. Now, we don't know the relationship of the Breakfast Club behind the scenes, but if you work with someone every day, five, day, five days a week, five days, five times a week, um, for the four, five, six years, you would de- develop a relationship. That's just natural. Yep. Uncle H, think about people you work with while you at work. Some people you probably would never talk to in real life. Because you work with them every day for an extended amount of time, you become close. That's natural. Yeah. I will say this, though. Just just to put the opposing view, and some of this, a lot of people are going to wonder why I even know this fact. Man, shit, nigga, I know it. <laughs> uh, shit, Sex in the City. Um, the chick who plays Samantha and the chick who plays... Um, Damn, who's the main character? I can't think of her name. Um, I don't know. I don't remember that show. I remember. I, I never watched it. I thought she was the main character. Samantha was the main character, you know? No, Carrie. Uh, Carrie. Karen. Carrie. There we go. Carrie. Carrie and Samantha, in real life, do not like each other. Mm. They can't stand each other. But they played, like, the two closest on the show. Yeah, so you, that shows that you never know what's going on behind the scenes. So just just an opposing opposing view in that right. regard, but yeah, at the end of the day, Charlemagne should have should have said something. I just think Charlemagne has so many chances to stop that, whether it be stop Gucci at the interview. Um, edit this interview out. Don't post the interview at all. Like he has so many chances to check that before we saw it. They didn't take advantage yep. of. And I think and that's you, the crazy thing. Like being in the business, we know how shit actually works. As far as like behind the scenes, and right. the process that it has to go through before it gets presented to the public. And right. like you say, he had numerous opportunities to stall that shit. Like, checked it right then, let the cameras roll, and you say something. Stop the cameras and address it. Right. Edit the shit out completely. Or just, like you said, last resort, fuck it, just toss the interview. Exactly. Listen, in, in all my years of being a blogger and whatever, I have interviews I've never aired because they didn't come out right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, my very first interview I ever did with a celebrity, with a rapper, I never put it out because I was horrible. I was like, this is a horrible interview. I suck. I'm never going to put this out. So 
So you have that option. You don't have to just because you talk to somebody, you don't mean you have to put the interview out there. But a lot of people are saying this is what's going to start the breakup of the Breakfast Club. make a bold prediction. Uncut Nation, I'm stepping out on the limb right now. I will say the Breakfast Club will not make it to this time next year. I don't think that's a bold statement. I think that's a true one. Yeah, I don't think they're going to they're going to make it. If, if it's still if the Breakfast Club is still playing, it's not all three of them. Well, yeah, that's yeah, it won't be those three members. They may change the Breakfast Club. But I don't think those three will be in the Breakfast Club this time next year. Put a pin to it. Wade said it. Add me in the comments. Just just my, just from what I see here, and because they, they all have different things going on. They have all have outside interests. This would be the perfect yep. time for them to say, hey, you know what? I'm out. I'm good. Yeah, it was a, it was a good run, you know. We made history, but I got other shit to do. Exactly. Exactly. I'm out. I'm good. You know, that shit you did, Charlemagne, was fucked up. So, you know what? I got other things going on. I'm out. Or even Charlemagne could be like, you know what? I got other stuff going on. I got this, this, and this, and this. I'm out. <laughs> the funny thing is, I see that happening before he does. I think that too. I feel that way too. I feel like he's setting himself up to to leave, to do st- other things, to where the Breakfast Club no longer becomes the main thing. Hey, conspiracy theory. Maybe that was the point of actually keeping the the Gucci Man interview and doing it the way it did because. With the controversy from that, that brings attention to his platform. Exactly. It gives, that kind of drives the nail in the coffin like, okay, 
this isn't the environment that I can work in anymore, so I'm out. And then with with like you said, he has his own platform now. He can actually use this to further his platform. Like here at my platform, I I let artists say what they want to say. This is to take all words. This is uncut here. You know what I'm saying? He has he has the name recognition. He can do that. He can flip this into a, a winning situation for him. But I think if he does that. He he burns that bridge with with ye, cause cause then you start cause you start glorifying it now. Cause right now you you can you can say you know what I made a mistake and I'm sorry. You can do that, right now. But if he sits there and says, well you know yo this is my platform I let artists say what they want to say, then you're glorifying it now. So he has that option, um, and I don't know. I, I just like I said, I think at this point he's ready to go. Well, of course we don't know them personally, but I think he's ready to go. Well, they're ready. To, like I said, this time next year, I don't think there'll be a, this version of the Breakfast Club. Let's say that. Yeah, I don't either. I agree with you on that. All right, so let's continue on the rundown here. We're running way over time. Jesus. Kanye got us all over everywhere. Um, I did want to talk about this before we get out of here because I thought it was a big deal and this is showing my bias on everything. Listen, unlike other people, when I'm biased, I tell y'all I'm biased. And there's a couple things I'm biased about. <laughs> uh, the homie Ray J, my guy, what up, Ray, uh, was recently given, gifted the... The rights to Suge Knight's life f- to make a movie, cause I, um, the Suge Knight story or whatever they're gonna call it. Uh, a lot of people were, were like wondering why Ray J. Why would you do this to Ray J? But people forget Ray J was on Death Row Records when there was a new and. Ins- when it was the new and untouchable death row, when Corrupt was the vice president, and that's when, when Left Eye was there, Crooked Eye was there, Ray J was right there. Ray J was on the row. And Ray J, <laughs> Ray J has shown himself to be a very capable businessman. You know, it's projected his scooty bikes are going to make $200 million within the next year. Um, yeah. He has the Raycon headphones. He's shown himself to be a very smart and savvy businessman. So I don't have a problem with his move. I think a lot of people still look at Ray J as Brandy's little brother. But I think you got to start respecting Ray J as a, as a hustler. He's getting his money. That's my guy. So salute to Ray J. I don't think he's ever going to shake that stigma. Just like Bow Wow is never going to shake little Bow Wow. Yeah. But I don't. But the thing about Bow, the difference between Bow Wow and Ray, Bow Wow is actually trying to shake the Bow Wow. He doesn't even call himself Bow Wow. I'm Shad now. You know, I'll go by my real name. Ray J is like I'm Ray J. It's whatever. <laughs> like whatever. I'm home. I'm Ray J. Yeah, but I'm. They don't have the same stigma. Like everybody just looks at Bow Wow as like a little spoiled ass kid. 
kid. Yeah. Ray J, like you said, is just looked at as Brandy's little brother, which is. Right, but also I think it has something to do with the stature as well. You have to remember, Bow Wow is a little short dude. Ray J's like a regular sized guy. <laughs> so you look at Bow Wow, you automatically think a little Bow Wow. <laughs> like Ray J's like a regular guy. Like, <laughs> matter of fact, I'm gonna look it up right now. <laughs> Exactly. And when the articles come out, it's just like, oh shit. But he's not like how Bow Wow was when, you know, when Bow Wow said he was like, you know, on a lot of drugs and time and all that, when he was doing the whole Lamar and uh, shit. And he was just always in the camera. He's like, y'all go respect us and this and third. Ray J ain't done none of that. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to quietly get this money. Well, no. Ray had his moments. Remember his beef with Fab? Yeah, that was stupid. Ray had his... <laughs> <laughs> Ray is my guy, but he had his moments. Remember, for the love of Ray J? You know, he's, he just had his moments in a different way. Um, and Ray J is 5'7 here. Um, Google says he's 5'7. So, he's still short. He's still short. Yeah, he's still short. <laughs> I think it's dope that first off, Shook has the wherewithal to give his rights to someone that'll do something right with it. Because normally, when we hear about somebody having the rights to write someone's story, that person's no longer around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Shook is, while Shook is probably in jail for the rest of his life, he's saying, "Hey, make my story, make us some money." I I, I love it. I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with it. But so much more we want to get to, but we're running over time, so we can get ready to get out of here. So, G, what do you have streaming for us this week? That goes hard. Listen, Uncle Nation, I'm telling y'all already, that Gangstar album is in the running for album of the year. I'm just telling y'all. If you like that type of boom bap hip hop, if you like Primo, if you like Guru, that album is a great album. It's in the running right now. It hasn't been a lot of hip hop albums this year that that are, that are that quality, 
But that's definitely, I can say right now, in November, that that's probably in my top five albums of the year. I'm not going to weigh in yet. I got to listen to it thoroughly. Yeah. I've listened to it like, like twice, I think. I want to give it another listen before I make a final decision on it, on where it's placing. But compare the, the, the year of hip-hop, you know, the releases we have, I'm definitely thinking that's in my top five. I can only think of two albums right now that I would would say is like top contenders for album of the year. I mean, cause I I got Jim Jones, El Capo, um, Rhapsody. Yep. Uh, the Dreamville Project. Now, hold on, hold on. When I'm saying, when, right now, in my head, when I'm saying solo, well, when I'm saying albums of the year, I'm thinking solo. Okay, okay. So I hadn't put, I hadn't put the Dreamville joint in. Yet. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, I got, I got Jimmy, I got Jim Jones, Rhapsody, and Gangstar right now. You ain't got that Wale in there though. You know I'm, I don't, you know I don't fuck with Wale. You know that. You know. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't fuck with Wale. <laughs> You right know now. I don't fuck with Wale. <laughs> you tripping right now? Don't fuck with Wale. Bruh, I <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> listen, look, bro. Listen to this one. Yo, you and Benny be on this Wale shit. <laughs> bruh, bruh, you gotta let it rock, yo. You gotta let this one rock. Yo, I don't fuck with Wale. Well, at Wale, if you out there, but yeah. I just, I'm just not, a, right, just not a fan of, of the shit he does. If, if you ain't never, if you ain't never listened to my opinion about an album before, nigga, take it on this one. <laughs> uh, I'll listen. I think I actually have it. I just haven't downloaded this shit yet, but I think I actually have the album. But you gotta, like, listen with, with open ears. Don't listen to, like, all right, I'm just listening to this shit because G told me to. <laughs> like you gotta listen to it and like that's exactly how I'm listening to it. <laughs> I'm listening to it with my arms crossed, like just because G said I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> See, already. <laughs> <laughs> well, yo, my homie, um, Davey's album comes out this week on uh, his new album, Survival. Um, mm-hmm. and he has a song up there with Nas called Godfather Four, which is bananas. Um. Yeah, I know that comes out because they just they just announced like literally like earlier today, it comes out um, this Friday. Unconnection. By the time y'all are hearing this, uh, what date is Friday? Friday is God damn it, the eighth. So November eighth, Davies drops his new album Survival. So I'm looking forward to that, and we'll talk. About, I'm sure we'll talk about that on next week's show. Uh, now Ari is not here, y'all know that. Scan's not here. Um now Ari gave me a song of the week to play. It's let me pull this up. It's um Brio. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's called No Bad Days. So let's go into Brio with No Bad Days here on Good Words Away. I think I excuse my daytime job.
Southside Drive, checks, pin is still lifting. I'll be lifting on my way up, climbing Matthew Hinson on a journey. Let's just blow up, let me in your vision. Take a minute with the spirits, I'll be twitching in your mental. Feel the love, unconditioned, give it back to the feelings. In my trial, like a pride, tiger's eye in my pouch. Talk a lot, and they feel what you're about. Keep the crown, never leave from your position in your mouth. Make it count, I've been really in the moment, staying sound, so profound. Let my heart speak, mm, let me think. Stomach made a squeak. Time to make a leap from the days of black sheep. Been the black sheep, playing beats on my feet. Then burrito for the eats. Wanna sleep, let them sleep. Give them all the fleece, all this knowledge. Let me talk you, but ain't nothing if you weep. Wisest man knows nothing. Find it out, no assumptions. Let's be pure with the word, cover curves with the word. Look inside, so search, take, get you no verb. That was Brio with No Bad Days, um, Ari's Song of the Week. Uh, before we get out of here, I said last week I had news for y'all, so let me just go over this really, really, goddamn, really, really quick. Um, if you follow me on social media, I've made the announcement there on my Instagram. Uh, I've recently, um, what's a good way to say this? Um, I don't know. I got a job at a radio station. <laughs> uh, I'm now the host of my own radio show every Saturday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, 94.7 The Link. You can actually go to their website if you're not in the local area, 94.7thelink.com, and listen to the radio show. It's called Uncut Radio. Uh, if you're familiar with me and the Uncut brand, I used to have a radio show on internet called um, on blog talk radio called uncut radio and this is just me bringing that back to an actual fm station thing uh a little different rules can't be as uncut as i want to be but you're free to tune in like i said it's every saturday from 5 p.m to 7 p.m eastern standard time if you're not local go to 947thelink.com so you can find me I'm going to actually live stream um, my episodes, as it were. So make sure y'all check that out. Uh, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, <laughs> so um, thank y'all for supporting me and supporting everything through this process. Don't worry. We're still doing the podcast. The Words of Wade is not going anywhere. The podcast will still come out weekly or whenever we can get it to come out. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is not that. This is not that. We're still doing this thing. I'm just gonna do both. So, on one show you get me playing music and talking, and the other show you get me talking and playing music. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, check. Make sure you check it out ninety four seven thelink dot com if you're not in the local seven five seven Virginia area. If you are ninety four seven um, FM, I think it is. And just follow me on social media. Follow all of us on social media, of course. 
And uh, that's it. Um, gee, anything you want to announce or get out before we get out of here? Oh, no, I'm chilling right now. Okay. I, everything is getting geared up for 2020. Okay, okay. Everything clear in 2020. Alright, so let's I'm all for it and, and now that we have the radio connection It's going to be a real lot going on Isn't it great yeah. how these things work out? <laughs> Ain't it though? <laughs> Isn't it great how this thing shit's work out? Like this is family um, <laughs> Alright, so For Ari, for G For Scan For just for everybody here Um like we always say, uh, you may agree with what we say. Uh-huh. You may not agree with what we say. Okay. But one thing you can agree with. What's that? We keep it uncut. Uncut. Until next time, we catch you on the internet. Cheer. Cheer.